guys, it's Kodesha and Monique, and we come from Queens. Oh, so I'm first. Can I? <laughs> you are. Say something. Absolutely, Fran. Darn it! I like. I knew what I wanted to say, but I'm like, do I really feel like talking about how annoying men can be and street harassment, or do I want to say something <laughs> different? Well, okay. Like, if you do talk about men. Right, and if you quote unquote bash the men, just know that Marcus is going to have something I'm to say. I'm not bashing men. This is nothing to bash men about. This is like what not all men do. First off, okay. Thanks, thanks for that disclaimer. But what men do? So okay. you know what? I'm going to talk about it. You go there. I'm with you. Girl. I was with my friends. In the hood, we were in some projects. <laughs> we were walking around and stuff like that. In the hood. And yeah, we were in the hood. We was in the hood. Okay. But um, to keep the keep the story moving and all, we walking down the street, walking down the block and whatever, and we see this dude just Through like the stopping hood, looking good. Wish would try me, boobity boobity boo, like that. Um. So this dude just like stops, and he's just like, "Why do you do that to me?" <laughs> he's just like looking us down, and I'm just like, "Ill, like ill, 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 ill." And um, so I see him like look at me, like I, the three of us. He like he like locks in, and I'm like, "Oh no!" So he thought he was being slick by like kind of stepping to the side to like be in my way. Mm-hmm. And I just like you know did the L dip around him, didn't make any eye contact. But I'm like, why do men do that? Like, why annoying. do you feel <laughs> so entitled annoying. to annoying. us? Annoying. Annoying. I hear you, but I'm going to oh. continue. <laughs> um, why do some men, these type of men, just feel so entitled to like our mm-hmm. attention, our time, and our space mm-hmm. that he would just go put himself physically in my way? And now I have to walk around him. And that's, like, a way of getting me to acknowledge him or, like, whatever. Like, that's mad annoying. Stop. Like, you're a grown man. Cut it out. Cut That goes back to um, womanhood when we talked about men and the things that they do for attention. exactly. And there's an expectation that you must stop and acknowledge. Like, there's no other choice. I kept moving, walked, dipped right around you, but, you know, like I said. And for doing that. Like, why would you? I was well aware of where I was, you know, so I just hope that, like, he didn't come and clobber me in the back of my head or something or grab me up like you know I made it out but then today I'm like (laughs) right I'm walking walking home with my mom and I just hear like the loudest like come from a car like all the way across the street and the man is like (laughs) hanging out like a sound effect (laughs) I did I wasn't sure if I heard a door creak or something. No, that was like the kissy sound effect, like the biggest, like most disgusting sounding smooch noise. And so he's all the way like across, hanging out his driver's seat as he passed and like this big grin. And I was so disgusted. I was just like, ew. And like, why? Just like, why? Like, I'm I'm walking with my mother. Not that you would know I'm with my mother, but I'm walking clearly with a person older than I am. And you just have to be a disgusting creep right now. Like, it's Sunday. Like, have you no decency? Um, <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be the Lord's day and all. But that don't mean I nothing just, like, to everybody. <laughs> what? That doesn't mean nothing to everybody. No, clearly. Like, clearly. And I just, like, I just was just, like, really annoyed. Because, I was, like, yesterday was one thing. Like, today's another thing. And, like, damn, just, like, stop. Just I didn't even stop. speak correct English just now. Like, <laughs> that doesn't mean nothing to anybody. <laughs> you know, but I understood you. The people didn't understand you. Did. You're right, you're I right. Understand. I understand. <laughs> I'm getting back but, into school mode and I feel like I can't speak that way, you yeah? know? No, the second you start, you're going to be back to <laughs> your Kadesha self. Like, you're going to come back to recording <laughs> super extra proper and I'm going to be like, Kadesha. It's like, come on. <laughs> Conversation with friends right now. You can turn off the the teacher antics. <laughs> okay, friend. However, do you have something you'd like to say? Oh, I've always got something to say. Just so, how uh, many things? Um, two. One is really br- brief. Okay. So, number one, 
I feel so good because I'm recording from my bedroom right now. I never record we, in my we bedroom. We said that. Oh, from your bedroom? My bedroom. I'm so chill right now. Like, I got a cup of coffee in my hand. I got water on the side. Oh, speak like, about that great. cup of coffee that you have in your hand, actually. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it right now, actually. So, I'm not. <laughs> um, my second say something is, I just came back from Seattle. And that was my first time oh, on the West Coast. By the time this comes out, you would have been back a while. Oh, yeah. It probably would have been like a month by that time. Probably but, so, yep. Yeah, you know, it was such a wonderful trip. Like, I went to see my uncle for the first time. I mean, I met him before. My uncle was like, he's like one yeah, of my best friends, like, I feel like. Sounds like you just met your uncle for the first time. Yeah, no, no. I went to see him in Seattle for the, in his home for the first time. And it was such a wonderful experience because it was nice um, interacting with him one-on-one as an adult because I'm used to just, like, interacting with him as Uncle Tenise, like, father figure to, like, a daughter, you know? So even okay. though we still had that interaction, it was more of a friendly interaction and it was, it was nice to converse with him on more of a mature level and just have, like, certain conversations and... You know, he, he I, I can see that he recognizes me as a woman now. Oh, and um, even though there's still certain things that he won't tolerate, like he still doesn't believe I should date at 27 years old. That's a different topic for a different day. But um, little does was, he know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was just really, really nice to connect with my uncle. Like I learned a lot about him and I'm just so proud of him. He's doing a lot of phenomenal things. Okay, quick story. So my uncle's a baseball coach. My, baseball is life, right? My uncle's a baseball coach. And I, th- this story, I could draw it out, but I'm going to sum it up. So he um, obviously has to have kids try out to be on the baseball team. He works at a high school. Um, and so there's one kid who wanted to try out for the team. This boy is a, is a, um, is a child of two immigrant parents. They're Mexicans. And um, this kid wants to try out for the team. At first, my uncle wasn't really keen on giving him a shot because he thought he was just okay. He ended up giving him a shot because his pitching was okay. Make a long story short, my uncle gave this kid a shot. The kid didn't graduate high school on time. When he graduated the following year, my uncle um, held his hand to go through so that he could um, get into community college and play there. He got a scholarship to go play there. He ended up getting a scholarship to play at a four-year university. Upon graduation, the kid was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Because basically baseball is life. And so he's like, can I play like professional? And my uncle's like, I mean, you can try to, but you know, that's hard to do. This kid is playing professional baseball right now. And it's basically all because my uncle allowed him that one shot on the baseball team. And my uncle has basically been like a mentor to this kid. And this kid has always, and anything that he does, he reaches back to my uncle and recognizes that he's the reason why he is where he is today. And his his mom recognizes that as well. His mom doesn't speak English much, but whenever she wants to communicate with him, she'll get one of the kids to translate to my uncle about how much she appreciates him and, and what he's done for her child. So I'm just like, this is like a Lifetime movie. Like, this is so, it, it was such an inspiring story, and I'm just so proud of my uncle, and I'm proud to be his niece, so shout out to my Uncle Joe, and he has listened to one of our podcasts before. What? Yes, he has. Uh, my family <laughs> um, is listening to my po- to, to our podcast, too. So, oh, know, really? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm just like, can't we just, <laughs> like, let's just act like that episode never existed. Don't name it. Don't name it right now. Okay. But, um, let's just act like it never existed and everybody just completely skip it. Like, you know, just like okay. mentally, mentally just skip it. We can do that. Um, we can definitely before, do that. Before we get started, like like we're saying, like the way that this episode comes out, it's kind of like a little bit out of order. However, we are, or I just started a conversation that I paused in um, our group chat, group text with the Cure Podcast. So, oh. um, well, <laughs> well said to make sure that we tell y'all that he says hi. And so I'm right, because I was thinking, I was going to say that. Oh, okay. No, I'm following through. I got this. I, got this. I, I see you. I see you. Um, but moving forward, um, today's episode is kind of like, you know, I guess like a part two of a podcast episode we did in our first season, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're growing. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about books. But we promise you we're not going to um, draw out the subject or the books. We're not going to really have spoilers, Kadesha, because I feel like she's going to be really excited to talk about one book. But we can't spoil it for people. Yes, God. They still got to read it. 
And um, they better. So yeah, so Case, I feel like you wanted to do this topic again, right? I did. And because of why? You know, because okay, for a few different reasons. Because I think books are wonderful. Books are essentially like an escape from every. They can be an escape from everyday life. Books are a source of knowledge. Books are everything. Like open up a book and you just you're able to gain so much from reading from exposing yourself to knowledge and also like my master's is in literacy education hi this is this is what I value like this is like first and foremost so yeah just think book talks are amazing I was in a book club earlier this year oh I remember what happened if I may ask they, you know I asked my cousin because I was in my cousin's book club and I asked her what happened with this book club and basically like they stopped inviting me but then they dropped the ball and stopped doing it anyway so oh but I'd like to start my own book club honestly that sounds cute yeah you down you know I I would like to be down <laughs> I know I know but the way my schedule like the guys with everything I should be moving soon have not found an apartment yet but things are looking very promising so once yes. that happens i could become more available for things like people can start asking me for artwork that you will pay me for that's fine um maybe i could join a book club that, again, that will pay that people will pay you for because people will be trying to right you, get you know maybe i will socialize during the week you know because i won't have to trek it back to the boondocks right um but you know just give me some time give me like you know end of the year is to be that person for y'all okay but right. um yeah so who's talking about a book first um would you like to begin sure sure so okay. the book that i'm gonna talk about it's called the power of now oh, by cool. is it eckhart tolle tolle Tole, you know, I didn't, I didn't prepare how to pronounce his name, but anyway, he's okay. like on Oprah's book club. He's like a big deal. He's a really great person. Um, this book actually took me a year and some change to read because it's one of those type of books you have to pick up and put down. And I seem to be doing this to myself quite often. <laughs> I'm, I have a book, Yana's book, and I'm not going to talk about that too much. But Yana's book, I've been reading for like almost two years now. Um, but it's a pick up and put down book too. So. This is the book that's been um, taking up my time, and the reason why I want to talk about it is because, you know, I am a religious person, and I'm a spiritual person, and I've just been working on or getting closer with, like, the spiritual understanding and the understanding of, like, self a lot. So, I don't, how does this really work? That's the book? I did a synopsis. How would I rate the book? You know... Uh, one I, to five. A one to five. Five being really great and one being not so great? Or uh, vice versa? Hmm. Five being great. Five being great. I think I would give this book... I feel like... Hmm, I feel like somewhere between like a three and a half to a four... Um, I kind of want to say 3.75, but I don't know if I can do all of that. <laughs> um, and the reason why I say that is just because it was a lot to digest, and it really is not anything at the at the author, like no fault to the author, but okay. it was just like some of the places I just wasn't there yet, or I'm not there yet, to really take away what's being said and some of the things were just so abstract and understanding because my level my level of consciousness ultimately is just it's still growing and developing so it was a little bit of a struggle with the concepts that he was talking about um so i i would recommend a person to read this book if they like learning about consciousness and how to be more of a present individual i definitely recommend this book but i don't other, think i don't think you needed to learn that no, but it was, I mean, this is another level of consciousness, though. Okay, like, okay. And for for me, where this really came in handy is, I'm kind of going to go back to horoscopes. Not go back, but I'm going to go into horoscopes, right? So I'm a Cancer. And Cancers are oh, very are nostalgic people. Yes, Kadesha? <laughs> um, cancers are very nostalgic people, <laughs> and they are worrisome people. So what that means is that this person that's a Cancer is consumed with the past, and it's also consumed in, in the future. And that's what makes their present a very stressful experience. 
So I really benefited from this book and learning how to be more present and understanding that some of the things that, which I, I was going to go into later, but just I was to say this, I just was learning some, I got some tools and resources for how to remain present more often in my daily life. So that's that in a nutshell. I think I hit all of your talking points. Okay, I see you. I wanted to ask you a question. You just kept going, and I was like, wait, no, just... Uh, um, you forgot your question? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Oh, how'd you find out about this book? Oh, Oprah. Super okay. Soul Sundays. Right, because I feel like this was somewhere, and I, I always thought that Shonda wrote it. <laughs> the but, Power of Now? Yeah, but she wrote The Year of Yes, right? Right, correct. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I always get those books confused, but yeah. Um, okay. So What's thanks, your book? Thanks for sharing, friend. My book is called "Teach Like Your Hair's on Fire," and it was Teach written like your hands are on fire, like your hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, like your hair is on fire, and the author is Roth Esquith. Esquith. I don't know. He doesn't really um, reference his last name in the book. He goes by Roth, like he has the kids uh, call him Roth. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> even before I provide the synopsis, the reason I picked up this book is because it was recommended to me in undergrad. Like when I was um, a pre-service teacher, they like to call us. Um, they, uh, so one of my professors like really pushed this book, and she talked about how this was such a great book, and that teachers all over the world should read it, basically. And um, and then once I purchased it. I found that a lot of my quote-unquote teacher friends had uh, read it as well, and they were just, like, raving about it. So I'm like, clearly this is a good read. I needed to have this in my library, and let me get started. So I started reading this book last summer. Didn't get to finish it. Um, so I picked it back up this summer, and I was like, I'm determined to finish it. And honestly, okay, I'm not going to go there. Okay, so the synopsis of the book. This book is essentially a compilation of different accounts of this teacher and his experiences in um elementary school he's a fifth grade teacher and so he talks about his different experiences being a fifth grade elementary teacher and um some unconventional teaching methods that he's used and uh why he decides to go against the grain um he talks about things that he believes in and things that he doesn't believe in and um he also essentially talks about how he teaches the kids life as opposed to strictly teaching them curriculum and and teaching to the test which is um, what curriculum is heavily based in right now, he talks about the importance of teaching kids life because kids are going to grow up to, to live in a world and be citizens and they need to learn how to navigate life as a, as a valuable citizen. Um, so, uh, how would I rate the book? On a scale of one to five, uh, I would give this book between a 3.5 and a 4. Here's why. When I first started Wait, reading... what? Yeah. Wait, what What number you said? 3.5 and a 4. Oh, okay. You okay? I, I honestly thought you said 1.5. And I was like, wait, why oh, are like, talking about this? So, I was like, why is she so excited about this? <laughs> um, so, when I first started reading the book, I was like, I didn't even really want to finish it. Because I was like... You know, Roth, like, you're not really giving me anything fresh, anything new. Like, some of your ideas I don't completely agree with. And I'm just like, mm, like, give me something new. Like, impress me. Wow. Where's the wow factor? And I wasn't wowed. But something made me want to continue to read this book. And I remember I was talking, um, I was talking about this book with a friend. And they were just like, well, you should, well, why are you still reading it? Like, if, if you don't really enjoy it, like, why? I was like, you know, I just feel like there's something here that I am going to, that I'm going to pull out of it. Like, I just feel like there's something waiting for me here. So I kept reading it and I kept my promise to myself and I read the whole book. And mm -hmm. I can say that as a result of reading the whole book, like there were some things that I learned. Some of his um, philosophy and teaching aligns with my philosophy, especially the idea about teaching kids life, because I'm a kindergarten teacher. I, I honestly think that God is leaving me here in early childhood education. Like, I don't think I'm going to sixth grade, although I can teach sixth grade. I don't, I don't see that happening for me. Um, and I think that at the 
pre-K, K, at the foundational level, kids have to learn life. They have to learn basic life skills. They have to learn. Oh, how yeah, to that's where they learn. Mm-hmm. That's where they're supposed to learn. Yeah. They have to learn how to interact with other people. They have to learn to be kind. They have to learn how to um, how to get what they want and, and verbally express themselves. They have to... There's so many different things that they have to learn, you know, just to be, like, socialites and how to... Uh, not be so self-centered. Those are like big lessons that they have to learn. So I, I firmly believe in the importance of teaching children life over teaching them curriculum. Like my um, my school is big on curriculum and teaching kids all this uh, vocabulary. And I'm just like, wait, first of all, they don't even speak complete English yet. Can I teach them that? Like, can they master the English language before I start giving them all of this crazy vocabulary? And can I teach them how to talk to one another? Because... The classroom is not going to run efficiently and effectively if they're not if they don't know how to communicate with one another um, or with you know adults. So that's definitely where I agree with him. Uh, but I I don't feel like this book is like wow. Like every teacher needs to read this. So wow. Between three point five and four, who would I recommend this book to? I would recommend this book to pre-service teachers, uh, people who are in school for education. Um, or like a first year teacher, but to someone like okay. me who is entering year number six, eh, don't don't pick it up because if you're fully invested in your craft and if you have gained like a significant amount of understanding, then this book isn't really going to give you a lot of new insight. And that's where I am. Like I think I need to read research at this point. I feel like if I read any teaching method methodology book, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I, don't I feel know like what you're saying. Any any book on like teaching methods at this okay. point, I feel like I'm gonna waste my time. So I think I need to just like do what I did in grad school and just read like articles about teaching. Don't don't be out here trying to read books because they're gonna disappoint me. Um and so does it ignite or inspire anything? What it did do for me is it excited me about the upcoming school year. And as you guys know, this last year was very trying for me. And I and I spoke very openly about the stress that was over me this past school year. But I am this book has actually um given me a new perspective and has made me feel like I can do this and even though I don't agree with everything that I'm supposed to be doing I can alter things and make it so that my kids are getting what I believe as an educator that they should be getting so Hmm. I am I have been inspired by this book to continue to be a great educator because I know I am like I've been I've been uh I feel like um this this last school year has put a little bit of a halt on my abilities but I I was still able to shine and show that I'm a good educator so and you had your your growth was recognized huh your growth was recognized it was recognized because my evaluations were on point I looked at all my evaluations for the year and I was like you know even though I cried for like eight out of ten months I did a good job this year like I did a great job crazy wild (laughs) but glory to God because that was him I know that well, before you move on, I actually got a little confused with the the way this episode was going. Okay. Um, so I did have a little bit more I wanted to say about the book I read. Like I, like I told you, I'm so prepared that like I was like over prepared. Um, I'm proud of you. Can we all just take I'm a moment so to acknowledge Monique's preparedness? Because I was not. I ran home. I took a shower, and I was like, you know, I don't even have notes for my books. Uh, yeah, I, I had to. Um. So, just, like, these were three talking points from The Power of Now Mm -hmm. that, like, I thought was just, like, really, really big for me. Um, One was, he basically, in essence, was saying that time is, like, a social construct or construct, however you people pronounce that word. And, you know, he was kind of relating it to the way, like, animals and all these other creatures and life, basically, on Earth don't really manage what they're doing by according to time. Um, even though you have like animals that are nocturnal or they do go to sleep and wake up, but it's not like it, they have alarms or they're like, because it's four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock, it's just because of natural instincts. Um, so in relation to that and what I was saying earlier about like being in the future and the present, one thing that he was always saying was like, if you're upset about something, 
that's like all valid and fine but like how how are you feeling in this exact moment like actually so for instance if you're at the supermarket and someone is just like you know kind of like being a jerk or trying to like cut you off on the line or something that is something to be like upset about but like does is it really affecting like your state of being in this moment it's like well you did find everything you wanted right you still are on the line you have your money this person just being like a douchebag that's kind of really it but like you're still fine otherwise though um so he was that's kind of weird but he was talking about time in that sense and time and just that like kind of letting things happen more organically and not super sweating the way life is happening and like and unfolding to you before you um, um wait sorry that last little thing yeah. that, you, that you said it kind of reminded me of a book that you recommended to me that i read last summer was it the four agreements no um, probably the power of now no the power of now it was probably um gosh what love. About the, something about love right oh mastery of love that was yes, it yeah that's one of yeah because i'm like i'm thinking of all his books like the voice of knowledge mastery <laughs> of love but yeah yep um the 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 last thing that he talked about i actually want to read it and this was just like one of he's i don't even know how to pronounce this word but he's like he's big on metaphors so this metaphor was just like about being a lake so he said the outer situation of your life and whatever happens there is the surface of the lake sometimes calm sometimes windy and rough according to the cycles and the seasons deep down however the lake is always undisturbed you are the whole lake, not just the surface. You are in touch with your own depth, which remains absolutely still. You don't resist change. Oh, I think that was it. Um, so anyways, I like that metaphor, and I like the fact of just thinking of yourself as just not really the chaos of that's on the surface, and like reminding yourself that you are a still individual, that you like, you're always in neutral. Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're not, you don't really want to be super hype and you don't want to be super like still or stagnant. You just want to remain like in a neutral thing. And I just know I like bodies of water. It's also a cancer thing. So I like the reference of just being like a lake and understanding that life is happening on the surface, but underneath I still have to be like a still and neutral individual. That reminds me of a scripture. Oh, wonderful. Um, this, this guy is pretty, pretty biblical and, and stuff like that. So that, that's probably why then. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a scripture that talks about peace, be still. Um, but there's a scripture that talks when God speaks, is able to speak to the oceans. And he says to the waves and wind, oh, he says, peace, be still. And he basically commands the waves and what the waves and the winds to be still. So that Amen. just, that just reminded me of that. Um, but this book honestly sounds like a good one. It is, a, it is a good book, and you know, I was willing to lend it to you, because I was like, I don't know if I feel like you should buy it, but then I started taking notes, just kind of like scribbling. Um, Let me tell you something right now. It. Let me tell you something right now. I will never ask you to borrow a book. I'm salty over your, your book I, borrowing I thing. I know you would never ask me, but this was one I felt like, wow, I can actually okay. lend this out. Like, I okay. feel fine. I don't feel like it's something I'm like, you have <laughs> to spend your money on this with all due respect. Okay. You should legally buy books right. but i was like you know if you can you can get this from a library if you can get an ebook version or i can lend it to you. this was a book i felt comfortable lending but okay. then towards the end it was like really resonating with me and i like i said i started kind of just like taking little like at making asterisks basically in it. and i was like actually i don't i don't know now now that i've written in it um and i felt bad doing so i don't even write in books but i just like i can't type out all of this stuff to to keep it as a note or reminder but anyways, now I'm completely done talking about that book. I just wanted to double back and finish those things. I'm, I'm glad you did that because I wasn't, I can't say I was ever really interested in it. Like, I've seen it a lot on social media. Exactly. But, um. I think my leak was reading it. Yes, of course. And so anything she reads, I'm like, I'm high. Can I get that? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, my, my leak is a really good person to, to get advice from on any, on anything. But, yeah, that sounds like a really good book. I like books that uh, make me conscious and make me aware of things that I, I generally am not yeah. aware of. You're going to be aware. But like it, I but said, I, I had to just It's a trip when you read stuff it down. like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing, friend. Oh, no problem. Appreciate you. So, um, the next book. We're only talking about two. I mean, each we're only talking about two books. The next book we is a book that we both read. Did you complete it or no? I didn't complete it. Okay. So I just I just read halfway. Like I'm I could I'm gonna knock it out this week. Okay. 
I mean, no pressure. I just wondered. Um, so yeah, the next book, Friends, is a book that was written by my beloved pastor, the Dr. A.R. Bernard, from Christian Cultural Center in East New York, Brooklyn. Um, the title of the book is Four Things Women Want from a Man. And if you guys have been following the podcast, uh, two summers ago, I talked about this book before I even knew it was a book because he preached a sermon, a series, and he always started it by saying there are four things that women want from a man. Decisiveness. He was right. Exactly. Decisiveness, consistency, strength, maturity. I think maturity is first, but whatever. Um, yeah. So two summers ago, he was preaching this message and then boom, here we are 2016 and it's a book. So rewind a few podcasts back if you want to hear that, but you don't have to because we're going to talk about the book and I'm so excited. Um, so do you want to give a synopsis or should I? Oh, no, you definitely should because you've read it. <laughs> okay. So it's basically like, okay, it's basically like a relationship book. Um, however, it's rooted in the word. It's rooted in the Bible and biblical principles. So for me, this book makes sense because it's rooted in biblical principles. However, it's not like a super spiritual God said you must do this. So, you, so follow, you know, all these things that I'm telling you to do. It's, right. it's just like he, pre- he presents principles. He presents like scenarios and he uses like his life experiences to kind of craft the book. But then he, uh, I think everything is just practical. This book is also like a workbook. So at the end of each chapter, there's like exercises and not exercises. There's like questions for you to ponder based on what you've read. And then there's, and, and so you can journal about it. And then there's also prayers. So the book is written for women and for men. Um, and depending on your gender, you're reading this through a different lens. So the prayer, the prayer is, uh, written for men and women. And then the, the, um, the, the part where you have to write, it's, uh, divided between men and women as well. Um, so the book is divided into how many chapters? I have a book here. I can't. It's not that many chapters. Yeah, it's, I have my book sleeve on backwards, so I'm flipping through this book the wrong way. That's great. Good job. All right, sorry that you're hearing my pages shuffling. It's nine chapters. Right, it's nine chapters, and, uh, so the chapters goes through the four things, obviously, and then it talks about uh there's like a, a, a background of like mo- of marriage what marriage means because it, although this book is a relationship book he breaks it down um for marriage for just like relationships and he said it's for it's for like men to like their like husbands to wives brothers to sisters and but i think it's just really like relationship right yeah mean? it's it's pretty much relationships and then also I, I i really appreciated how he talks about like man's relationship with god and woman's yeah. relationship with god as mm-hmm. well as the, the relationship between man and woman mm-hmm. um so i i appreciated that and, yeah um i don't where where are we going next what are we doing because i don't want to just like derail whatever you had i mean mind. no you can go you can go wherever you like i mean we can go we okay. can follow the the guidelines but you can really go wherever you want Oh, yeah, actually, I think maybe following that, the guidelines would be kind of cool. So, uh-huh. well, I, I'm reading this book, by the way, of Kadesha, because she got it to me, got, gave, gifted it to me um, for my birthday. Hey, uh, happy birthday! Funny story, I was, I was like, I asked her for it, like, a while before, and I was like, oh, just pick me up a copy from your church, like, you know, like, I'll give you the money. And, like, I must have said that to her, like, twice or three times. And I'm just like, what's wrong with her? Like, she keeps going to church, but I don't. I'm seeing this book. <laughs> going to church every so, Sunday, faithfully, and Fridays, and you still ain't getting yeah, this book. Yeah, I like, <laughs> and I was like, after a couple weeks, I'm like, you know what? Okay, like I had a feeling maybe she's as it got closer to my birthday, it's like she's giving it to me for my birthday, um, because like, like I just really wanted to read it. Like she's reading it, and she's like, oh, this book is so good, and like and I'm, I'm snapping it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want to read it too. So I'm reading this book because Kadesha was reading it. Um, <laughs> My computer just went to sleep. Uh, how would I rate this book? Well, I'm still reading it, but I kind of would give it. Why am I rating the books? Am I rating the books low? You know, I don't know. I feel like this book. I could say it's a four. I still want to give it a three point seven five, but closer to a four. Okay. Um, because 
I'm getting I'm getting a lot of perspective from this book that like I I just excuse me I just wouldn't have thought about things in this way if mm. if he didn't just bring it up you know it was one thing for example was he was kind of really breaking down um, the accepting that men and women are just different like right just um, in the fact that like Adam's first responsibility or first focus. Oh, what, I don't remember his wording. Come on, come on, somebody. Right, was, like, work, because, like, Adam was put to do, like, all this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, Eve's first responsibilities or focus was the relationship with another being, and it's just, like, fundamentally, that's, isn't that what, who we are, and it's just, yeah. like, we get frustrated because we don't understand why, mm-hmm. the, if you're, if you're, if you're heterosexual or if you're straight, then you don't understand why the other person just can't, like, doesn't like think like you but it's just like can't understand you exactly right. you have to understand it and accept the fact that we're like different right. beings different functional beings right so i'm um, okay so before you continue um yeah when i was reading it like the i think within that first chapter based on what you were saying a common thread that i noticed was understanding like that's just something that i kept pulling from the book that was from the first chapter and then throughout the book i was just like no it's hey, definitely throughout the book understanding hi understanding here okay understanding here so i feel like that's where relationship is lost when two people just don't understand one another and i think that's that's the root of a lot of problems understanding mm-hmm. like you don't you don't understand what i'm doing i don't understand what you're doing and hi. the way that we can fix that is by communicating Ooh. And like being very always talking about this here communication, yeah, and, and just being very clear about what it is that we're doing, what our intentions are, and you know what I'm saying. Like I just, I really appreciate, I really appreciated this. And to go back to what you said about um the diff- the the disparities between Adam and Eve, and um how he presented it as Adam was solely focused on work. Like he couldn't, right. it appeared that he couldn't multitask. He couldn't focus on relationship and work. He had to work first before the woman could come into the picture. And like, honestly, when you date guys, when you date, like, I want to say like good guys, isn't that sometimes the struggle that you encounter? Like yeah. you're so focused on work. We never go out like, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. or it's just like, no, well, dude say, I got to get this right. I got to get this right first before I, like, I remember my prom date. We were um, talking about, like, girlfriends or whatever. And he was like, nah, I can't have no girlfriend. Girlfriends are mad expensive. And I was just like, <laughs> what? Like, we're just like, It makes sense, 17. though. <laughs> but of course, of course, also at 17, even though we had just, like, our little part-time minimum wage jobs, girls are so, expensive. Dating is yeah. expensive in general, not Dating just girls. Dating is expensive, yeah. Um, because you can't, I mean, we're just also not those type of young women. Nah. To just solely... Even though it's nice to be ch- treated, you know, out. But, like, we can, you know, go back and forth. And sometimes he pays. Sometimes you pay. Whatever. So, uh, dating is expensive just in general. Yeah. You gotta get to where you're going. Right. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out was just, like, how you Wait, wait. Sorry. Wait, about, wait. Before we know. No, oh, stop. sorry. I wanted to go back to Eve, too. And the fact that. Oh, sorry. Um, so, Adam focuses on the work. The men focus The men focus on the work. And women focus more on just like relationship, finding a mate, and and I mean I think that I think that just speaks to our feminine instinct. Like we just want to be loved, we want to be cared for, we want relationship. You know, we want to interact with someone, and it's it's just so interesting how we're different. Like why why are we so different? But I think men want to want that as well. The way that we display that is different. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm thinking back to when I'm going to mention this more than once now. Um, when we were on the Cures uh, podcast mm-hmm. with Mouse Jones, and Mouse was saying that men are simple, women are complicated, and basically I've the heard frustration that so many comes times. because right. But the frustration mm-hmm. comes because like we're trying to complicate men, and men are trying to simplify us, and whatever type of stuff, and it's just like. Uh, but we hear it so many times, but, like, it just has, it's true. It's just true. And it's just, like your pastor was saying in the book, just, like, really coming into a place of understanding and accepting, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a little bit of a smoother time, you know, in your experience with the individual. Right. Is it is it safe for me to move forward? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. So, another thing I really like that your pastor spoke about was just, like, um, 
it like how marriage may have changed socially but it hasn't changed fundamentally right in like in but terms of like the desires to. yes but we try to mm-hmm. and we get frustrated and we're like kind of quick to bail out of the marriage because right. of you know it not being functional right um so i thought of that in the sense of like how we're, we're 21st century women or whatever, right? In our late 20s, we're like being independent. We got this, we got that, we got degrees, we got multiple degrees, got good jobs, hey! getting credits, and all <laughs> sorts of stuff, right? Because I'm still trying to count my money. Okay, okay. Sorry. That sounds like a personal <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, so we have all these things, and we're like, we're being like independent women. We don't need no man. And we kind of said that uh, a few times, talked about that sentiment on here. But it's like now, now us being this independent woman, we and the gender roles changing the dynamic of the relationship with mm-hmm. the man, and mm-hmm. also the men. Maybe I can't even think of what I'm trying to say, but just how socially marriage and relationships are dating to try and make it more of like a 50 50 seeming yeah. type of thing mm-hmm. but when it comes to actual marriage we still want the man to be like a gentleman we still want him to be like the mm-hmm. provider and like right. to be all these sort of and so it boils uh, down to what do you actually want do you know what you want or just really acknowledging and expressing that even though, well, yeah, exactly what you're saying, what you want. Even though these are, like, your behaviors and your characteristics and things, but what you really want is, like, a traditional marriage. Right. But you're not you're you not know. acting traditionally. Well, the society is not traditional. Right. Tradition has changed. And that's, so that's the problem. That's, that's what he's that is the problem. problem. The, mm-hmm. the problem is tradition has changed, but we still want, like, the old values by keep but keeping this modern updated way of being and that's just pro- overall problematic right just completely um so yeah not delving too much into that but i thought that was re- i think i'm just gonna i'm just gonna leave it with those two those two points that's what i really <laughs> i thought I you were gonna like. keep going places because this is gonna- i do have another one but i was just like hmm, i'm I think he was just talking about change and it, it was just something pretty relatively cliched about like making up your mind and follow following through with your actions. And again, I will just, you know, saying it in dating is just, and we've also spoke about this about like how we kind of, we were praying and making, making up our mind that like the next dating experience was going to be better than the last. And mm-hmm. we've, we you and I have seen, I don't think we we have maybe not talked about this on the podcast, but we talked about it so much. Like I'm blurred, but um, yeah, I think I think uh, we've talked about this a lot. Just like personally, I don't know if we were. I, it's just it never made its way. Okay, so the quality maybe it was on the dude show. I don't know, but I feel like we could have spoken about it. I mean, we could have. Like I just don't remember. Yeah. So, anyways, the quality of dudes that we've been dating has progressively been getting better, which Thank is a good the thing. Lord, you know. God will do it for yeah. you if you let him. Because, I mean, if at 27, we were still, in essence, dating the same type of individuals that we were in at late 17. teens and early 20s, mm-hmm. that would be highly problematic. Yep. I mean, even for me, just a couple years ago, like, if it was the same type of dudes, it would be like, what the hell? Is, like, how aren't you growing and maturing and, you know, and bringing about a better experience? Yeah, and I think it would really be problematic for the simple fact that we're progressive in every other area in our life. So what is it about this particular area that we can't? Right. So your pastor just talked about like making up your mind and just having like your actions follow suit so that yeah. you can actually, you know, experience the change that you've been internalizing in your mind. Mm. So in, in dating, I've noticed that like maybe, I don't know. I took a year off of dating guys and, and um, not yeah, wait, you were I, chilling. That, that didn't come out right though. I mean, guys as oh. listeners, <laughs> but I, I did yeah, not then that. go forth and date women. I didn't you do that. I took a year that. off of. Dating, dating period yeah right? i didn't do that period and um my whole thing was just like i just wanted to get clear about like myself and i said well if a young man approached me and he seemed like it was something worth entertaining then i'll go forth and i will like go on a date or something but i really like i just super chilled and i think in that time it was just like well getting your mind right and then acting accordingly like when a guy would approach me it would be like but is he is he really um aligning with the, the changes that i want in dating mm-hmm. and it's like well he he's not so then 
I am not going to talk to him or indicate yeah. whatever he's trying to do. Yeah. Um. So I appreciate your pastor saying that in the book. Yeah. I think that I don't think I gave away too much. I don't think that's really spoiling. No, 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 no. I think you gave away enough. And actually, um, before this book came out, he had a book talk at my church with the young adult ministry, and I feel like you touched on the same points that he touched on for the most part. So okay, yeah, great. Um, I wanted to speak to what you just said about um, like basically like roaming and dating experiences, um. I think it's I think it's so important to be reflective and to recognize like like you said like if I'm dating you this is cool but like after this I need to do something better like I I always need to make sure I'm getting better and I think that like for me it's been it's been it's been really wonderful me for me to look back to let's just say like 2011 from 2011 to 2016 I have grown significantly in my dating experiences. You sure have. Girl, do you remember 2011 for me? I can't say I specifically remember 2011, but I just just know your dating history. I know your dating history. Um, So just thinking over like five years, I'm like, oh yeah, Kadesha has, she has grown. She has blossomed. I really have. And like, I remember the guy that I was talking to before the guy that I'm currently dating. I remember what you're him, currently dating someone. Don't do this. Don't do this to me. What? Oh stop. my gosh! How okay, exciting! Okay, uh, <laughs> you're so annoying. Um, I remember telling him that, like, you know, you set the bar so high, and I just feel like anybody who I date after this, like, he has to be able to meet you. Meet you there, or he has to actually just be better because if not, then yeah, I, he has to surpass you. Yeah, because I, I'll, I'll just be by myself. Like I'll be cool just being single because Ooh, I don't. I almost got her. shady. Hmm. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for keeping it cute, girl. Yeah. Okay. And even just moving forward, like I'm, I'm, I still just see my progress, and I'm proud of me. I'm proud that I'm not settling for, for anything. And that I right. am, I am just continuing to progress. And, um, yeah, so that's that. But there was one more thing that I want to talk about from the book. Um, something that really struck me was when my pastor talked about how people get into relationships, um, and marriages with, uh, with the notion that they're finding themselves. Like, it's like a, it's like a journey. Oh yeah. Self. I wasn't, see, I, I felt like that's a little bit of a spoiler or it no. Might be a little bit of a spoiler, but the reason why I wanted to go there is because, like, I know of a situation where something like this happened. And I, and I remember when I was reading this book, I was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds like this person's situation. And mm-hmm. um, and it just forced me to take a look internally to, to think about if I ever, if I have ever found myself getting into a relationship to get to know me better. And I think that it's important that you do get to know you better when you're in a relationship. Um, but I don't think that's that's the sole purpose, you know? The, the purpose right. is that it's two people coming together and you're growing together. Like you're coming together to become one. That's what God intended marriage to be. So, um, I am going to read a quote from the book. And I'm not oh, gonna I was going to say, that. wait, what are you doing? You re- I have the quote. Like, you can't see oh. me reading quotes. <laughs> yes, no, sorry. I go for it. So, um, it says, and uh, marriage should be an empathetic union where the needs of one are felt by the other. But we've gotten away from that. Instead, modern culture has convinced us that our marriage partner should be the unofficial tour guide on our own personal journey to self-actualization. Hmm. And that just had me like, whoa. Like, because so many people do it. So many people get into relationships. So many people get married. And, and then the reason why the marriage flops is because they came in with different intentions. Like, you weren't really here for me. Like this wasn't an us thing. This was this was really all about you, and this is not really gonna work. And then some people like there are a lot of people who get married young. My mom always talks about not getting married young. She's she was married young, and she she speaks about how it shouldn't like it just shouldn't go down. And um, he talks about like how you know you could be married to somebody, and then one morning wake up and be like, you know what? I don't I don't really want to do this anymore. And it's because you didn't get into it for the right reason. This yeah, because I'm just like, how do you... I feel like you can't just wake up and be like, you don't want to do exactly. anything anymore. I like, feel like it's what? a progression. Like, over time, you realize you don't want to do this anymore. Right. 
Because even if you have moments where you don't want to do it, you're still like, this is still a valuable experience to me. I'm going right. to like try for this. Right. But if you, it's when you continually have moments where you wake up and you're like, no, 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 right. no. I um like that's that's a scary thing. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if I got married in my early twenties, I'm like, I mean, it would have just been a mess because so much. I, I did so much self discovery in too. my early twenties that I, I couldn't imagine like being married and having to get to know an individual and yeah. or whatever. And this individual is probably going through the same abundance of self self growth, like. Who yeah. I am coming into the marriage is not even who I am during the marriage because I'm still like learning myself. Yeah, I- I'm with you completely, and I'm I'm grateful oh my that gosh, you're married. totally talking about yeah. marriage. Like we are getting older. No, we are getting older, but I, I thought I was going to be married at 25, and you know, bless the Lord that I did not get married at 25. I wasn't ready for that. I could have. Um, nope, I wasn't ready. I still don't I mean, feel I like I'm, I'm ready for marriage right now, but I, 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 I've grown so much, you know. Yeah, I'm ready for a real relationship because I. Yeah, at 25, I, like I couldn't have been ready for marriage. I was still, yeah. I was still like freaking out when. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I feel <laughs> you on that. I too, I too feel like a woman. <laughs> Shout out to us feeling like a woman. Yeah, like women. Ain't not a woman. Be one woman together. Ain't not a woman. Um. Yeah, so that was that basically for the book. Um, so cool. you said you would rate the book. You said like a three point seven five. Yeah, like I really kind of want to say a four, but mm-hmm. I have not finished reading it. Okay, and I kind of don't. Uh, yeah, that's it. So I'm a little Staying biased uh, because my pastor wrote the book, and I can't actually I can't say that because I remember when he gave us an excerpt at the book talk. I was like, uh, you know, I don't really know if I want to get this book. Like, it doesn't sound interesting to me. But once I finally got into this book, I was like, no, this is great. So I give this book a 4.5. It's a Uh, really good book. It's a really good book. It's a quick read. And it really exceeded my expectations because I was over relationship books. Before reading this, I was just like, you know. Oh, yeah. I think this is going to be my last one for a while. Yeah. This was a good one for me, though, because I didn't want to read any more relationship books. And I just like the way that he presented all of the principles here. This is something I can, yeah, I can the, revisit. Yeah, and the biblical references. Right. It makes sense. And that's why I go to my church because my pastor makes so much freaking sense. Like, he always makes sense. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah who would you recommend the book to well first off I feel like I can only recommend this pe- book to people who are like on some sort of spiritual journey Okay. so if you just aren't really interested in having bible scriptures within <laughs> the pages of what you're reading um, I would not recommend this book to you right. however if you're open minded and you can read past those things and you can take it for what it is um, that I would recommend this to Definitely, um, I would say from, like, college-age students and older. Okay. You know, because in college, you're, like, you're, you're dating, and even though you had, like, relationships probably in high school, like, college, you get a little bit serious, a bit more serious. Yeah, and I um, think maturity. Yeah, and, like, that's when, like, I mean, you go through it in high school with people you like in dating, but, right. like, in college, you can, like, really go through it. Yep. Um... So I would say from college age, uh, male, female, or anything else you identify as. Uh, however, the book is very much between man and woman again. So if right. you are like LGBT um, no. and Q, if you feel that like What's the this whole for? man and woman, queer. Oh, check that out. All this time yeah. I'm like, what's the Q about? Yeah, yeah. So if you just feel like the whole language of like marriage and man and woman and man and woman thing right. is like too much for you, you would want to pass on this book. Right. But um, other than that, I would say like anybody. I don't even think it's really specific for Christians, even though he talks about the Bible throughout the whole thing. Like the book like, makes sense. Don't... It makes the sense. book does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, anyone else that you recommend to? Uh, I think, I think that's basically it. Oh, I would recommend it to people who are in marriages, who are either beginning a marriage, like getting ready to get married, fiancés, um, if you're in a marriage and you're having marital problems, 
if you're happily married, if you're in a relationship. Yeah, like the exercises I think are very beneficial to people who are like already married. Yeah. So. I recommended it to two of my coworkers who are married. Oh, okay. Because I, I saw them in it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, does the book ignite or inspire anything? Um, for me, it just, it just gave me a little bit more clarity on the way I navigate relationships. And like I, like I keep saying, this book just makes sense. So it just, it just, um, provided me with a deeper level of understanding of men, how they operate, how I operate as a female and how we kind of function together or how we may may not function together. So it right. just gave me like uh, some foundational knowledge for how to navigate a relationship moving forward. In in essence the same thing for me. I feel like it's become somewhat like of a mirror mm-hmm. and and allow and allowing me to also see where I'm falling short. Mm. And um That's good. and things that I can practice and work on. Good. And yeah. um I'm doing so much better because I felt it. I felt that I was about to say something. But, you know, I'm getting better, guys. Sorry. That was a one-time thing that happened a couple episodes ago. (laughs) Um, Well, he do it. You better bless the Lord on this. I'm a work in progress, man. It's going to be so good when he's done with me. (laughs) Uh, I'm proud of you. Thanks. thanks. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the book. I mean, I could talk for days on that book because that book... No, I was snapping. No, keep I was snapping about it. But anyway, um, so like a final question: Why do you read, Monique? I think I talked about why I read. Well, funny, funny thing is, funny thing is, right? When I was when I was a young girl, <laughs> Here we go. I used to I used I used to read a lot. But then I got to junior high and I learned that reading was not cool, so I stopped reading. Oh no! Um, yeah, like. Junior, junior high, I was like, oh, that we went to. Exactly, I was like, oh, junior, like, and the classes that we were in right. and around and mm-hmm. whatever. So I was like, oh no, I can't be reading. Like, reading is lame. Nobody else reads. Like, only the, you know, the those type of kids read. Like, what am, I'm not. What am I doing? I'm gonna watch Wonder Sixteen Park all day, every day, and TRL and <laughs> stuff like that, and be on the internet playing Neopets or <laughs> whatever crap. Um. So, uh, so I stopped reading. And then, like, and then reading just really also sucked in junior high between, like, history classes. And I I wasn't completely crazy about a lot of those. Remember those giant literature books with all those, like, stories? Uh, oh, I didn't find the, them too. Oh, the nasal readers. Yeah, I didn't find them too enticing. And it was just, like, I, I just really hated the forced reading. Um, okay, sorry, high sorry. School, Wait, I'm going to pause you really but, quickly. So my Teach Like Your Hair is on Fire book, he talks about those books and how they're not conducive to learning and they don't teach kids anything and they're just like, they should be burned basically. And I agree. Hi, literacy. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember learning authentic. much from it. Because they're not authentic. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so in high school, I had like two dope, three dope English teachers, thank God, who was the, the first one, she was alright. But anyways, those three English teachers, they really introduced me to some more enticing reads. So that, that really started the reading and just like in the stories that we were reading it was like getting to know people like outside of my friends and family like experiences and it was kind of like like I, I don't know it was just like how they saying like reading takes you to like an alternate reality and not that I was trying to escape mine but I just mm-hmm. liked the realities that I was starting to get into even with some like historical reads I was reading of course a lot of like fantasy and novels and things like that and also the way some books I was reading was I was having like an emotional reaction from it like I remember the first time I read like Push also known as the Precious movie oh, I was yeah. just like holy crap like this is in You had an emotional experience with that? It was just like it was just a lot to read like I couldn't really believe that like this, there's people who have lives like this like it was just like Mm. Like, I'm in, like, a, a bubblegum world or something, so it was just, like, heavy, like, t- yeah. to, to to think that that's, like, this is a fictional story, but it's, like, imitating life. Mm. So, anyways, and in college, like, I took, like, with art school, really cool classes, and it was just, like, even though it was so forced reading, I was just getting, like, more exposure. So, anyways, the point, to sum it up now, now that I'm older, no one's forcing me to read. I just read because, like, I like it. I like expanding my mind and, like, my knowledge 
I read a lot of self-help books because I want to be a great person in this world. And, yeah, um, yeah. I've tried to get away from self-help I, books, but they keep finding me. <laughs> no, I'm gonna take a break. Like I bought um, the Bluest Eye, which I was told to take to like just hold off on reading. I guess oh, people I keep giving me that. reasons. Yeah, why not to read it? It's like, don't read it in the summer because it's going to kill your mood. But don't no, read it on the holidays because it's going to no, kill your mood. No, and I, it's just you like, have to really, like, clear some mental space for that book. That's That book is so freaking heavy when I tell you. That book is so I know heavy. Like, you can't be reading anything else at that time. You have well, to I, just I'm not, read that. I, but um, I do have, like, semi-unfortunately, another self-helpish book on my list. But, um, then wait. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I'm just switching it up, trying to read some like novels and stuff now to just like take a break from self help books. But I really enjoy reading, like, I just like being detached from technology and stuff like that. Um, yep. Why do you, why do you read? Well, I kind of expressed it before. I just feel like it's an escape, depending on what I'm reading. Like, if I'm reading a novel, which I really haven't read in a while, um, it's like a, an escape. I feel like I, I can step into another world. Um, but even when I'm reading books that aren't novels, it's an escape as well like when I was reading the um my pastor's book it was an escape because it was the end of the school year and I had a lot of work to do but I would come home put all my work to the side and just start <laughs> reading this book for like hours oh god um but um just for insight for knowledge like I like when my brain grows I like to be able to think about things in a different way I like to be able to challenge um literature so yeah it's just nice to to just think about things differently and to have conversations, like I can have conversations with myself because I'm writing about what I'm reading and I'm thinking a little bit more critically about whatever it is that I'm reading. And then also I like to, I like to share what I'm reading, as you know very well. I do. So. I do. Yeah, that's all. Well, okay, this has been a wonderful episode. Um, it has. I thought it was going to be shorter. Sorry. <laughs> me too. But I think you, it doesn't feel rushed. I don't feel like we're speeding to talk to like wrap things up, which is right. great. I, however, pulled two quotes, and I'm going to talk a little bit about them because this is a podcast and we talk, so I'm going to. Um, the first quote I have is, keep reading books, but remember that a book is only a book, and you should learn to think for yourself. That's what I so, just said! <laughs> did you not see my quote right there? I didn't! I mean, I saw a quote, but I didn't read it, but like, yeah, like, I challenge books. I, I, I'm there. But also the way I internalized this was just that, like in reading a lot of self-help books, I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, well, I have to think like this and I have to yeah. do this and I have to do that. And like yeah. all this sort of stuff that you're not even, th that's not what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to kind of take what you read and like not, not, just, not, not just take it as, as God's word or something, take it as like the Holy Grail, but like integrate it into your life and your being and right. do your own or your best version or your own version of yeah. what you read from it right. so that's why i had to share that and and it can also be like a basically like what you're saying kind of i don't know if, if i'm saying what you're saying it can be like a trial and error thing like you trying this out for yourself did it work for me no maybe i need to try it a little bit differently interpret this a little bit differently yeah and like for instance the week we read the steve harvey book right um, yeah, and I've grown so much since that. You know what? I just, I just, I almost walked into something. So, what I will say is Steve Harvey, he lists, <laughs> a, <laughs> he lists a lot of principles and gives suggestions for how you should go about dating and talking to guys and whatever, and right? That was my Bible back then. You can, <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. You can try to do word for word what he's saying, mm -hmm. or you can adapt it to your being. You know, because I, God is working on me and he's putting in the work today with this particular episode. He is. He um, sure the next is. Book, <laughs> the next quote was, it is a good rule that after reading a new book to never allow yourself another new one till you have read an old one in between. That was hmm. by C.S. Lewis. Sorry, the first quote was by Maxim Gorky. Um, I like this quote by C.S. Lewis because I'm always reading new books and I say, oh, I'm going to go back to that book. And I never do. And I the do. thing is, you know, when you reread books, you just take away new things from it. Girl. So, I can't say that after every new book, I'm going to read an old book. But I want right. to implement reading an old book a yeah. bit more often into mm -hmm. my reading stuff. Yep. But those are, those are the quotes. Those are good ones, friend. Thank you. Thanks. I told you I was prepared. You did that today, and I'm super proud of you. 
We should all be proud of her. As you're listening to this, please take a moment to give Monique a round of applause because she did her thing on today. Hallelujah. You can can tweet us or send a comment on Instagram and let me know that you're proud of me. Or comment on SoundCloud because we see you SoundCloud commenters. Yes, SoundCloud comments have been coming in. Y'all are mad dope for that. I love okay, it. so this is okay. I'll also explain. It's taking a while to respond to SoundCloud comments because you can only do so on a computer, which sucks. Yeah. Um. So, but Sorry, we we've done a good job so far. Yeah, we, we be trying. We take turns. We always but, um, try our best. Yeah, Kanisha, tell them, tell the people how they can connect with us. So, friends, as always, you can connect with us on our fabulous website we come from queens.com as well as our social media platforms. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Oh, we're almost on Facebook, guys. It's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, and when you connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, it's at we come from Queens and the Queens is spelled Q-N-S. Um, I'm going to interject right here. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, you please use hashtags. You can use the hashtag. We come from Queens. So oh, properly. do. Oh, or hashtag. out there trying to steal our hashtag. Bloody guys. <laughs> Bloody. Yeah. I mean, this is true. They are. Well, should we say they're trying to steal it but it's being used by other people mm-hmm. um so the hashtag or you can do uh hashtag i'm saying hashtag 10 million times hashtag wcfq we check yeah. both of them right um so you can you can start utilizing those as as you were saying um also you can listen to us on itunes as a lot of you know you can listen to us on soundcloud and stitcher uh on itunes please um rate and review please 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 we need those ratings soundcloud we can definitely track the stats and thank you guys for the support like we really appreciate you yeah yeah um but yeah that's all thanks friends bye ciao